Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian! As Special Agent Jack Whiteside. Alright, everybody, from now on, we're checking under every damn rock. Gabe as Special Agent Roy Arroyo. Hey, how's it going, man? And Matt as Detox. Well, I think I showed that lock who's boss. Welcome, players. How is everybody doing today? Excelente. Aight. Muy bueno. Es muy malo. Donde esta la zapateria? All right, let's take a few moments to look for any letters from beyond. On YouTube, regarding episode 23, Eduardo Avila says, Came here to say congratulations, guys. Your podcast is awesome. And I searched in the web for Charles Blaine 1953 and actually found a guy named Charles Chuck Blaine that lived in that period. Are your characters based on real people? No, but the real people are based on our characters. That's true. Because time travel is real. Jack Whiteside, I based the last name on something from New Orleans. An accused witch from New Orleans back in the 20s, but just the last name. I base my characters on, like, archetypes. Even though we don't necessarily build these characters on actual people, we do use movie tropes and archetypes, that sort of thing. Like, to detox sort of, uh... is kind of the, the, you know, late 80s, early 90s movie version of a hacker i just found some douche on facebook named roy arroyo i'm probably based off him you're probably based off him you made the character up (laughs) yeah and he also made that facebook page so how many kids he got long lost brother all right on instagram at stag 247 keeps on keeping on with his fantastic artwork depicting almost all details that occur in chapters cramming in all the jokes characters and hashtags he is now up to chapter four and we encourage you to follow him for more updates they are freaking awesome they are really really cool yeah it's fun to see all the different elements and details he's tucked in there including some of the commercials too yes yeah the absolute true factual commercials yep those are based on real people and finally on discord welcome to newcomers noms on brains frank and you pendragon you underscore Pendragon. Welcome to the chatter, folks. Uh, I know I've been chatting quite a bit with Noms on Brains about the Call of Cthulhu game and uh, trading notes on that, so it's been a lot of fun. Yay. Well, before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, and good evening. My name is Arthur Von Ansville, but you folks can just call me old Uncle Artie. I have come before you today because I believe that you are the perfect audience to receive my wondrous wares. Today I'm here to present exclusively to you a preview of the upcoming lots that are heading to our block not too far into the future. We here at Exotomat have specialized in selling the things that no one else wants to take. Now, whether it's uh, old and decrepit, possessed, it's highly unusual, haunted, just plain weird, or uh, might end up causing temporary, permanent insanity, we can find the perfect buyer for you. What I'm showing you today, not many have seen before. These here are lots 1987A and our 1987B. These may look like just ordinary paper shredders. Oh, folks, they are so much more. These here beauties were manufactured by the Larson Company. Yet that same Larson that is world famous for their screen doors. When they came under new management in the late 80s, the uh, managers wanted to try and expand and explore new directions. And as such, they pivoted to... Industrial and military-grade paper shredders. Needless to say, this was a terrible idea and uh, nearly bankrupted the company with R&D costs alone. Only seven prototypes were ever finished and made it off the line. Soon after, these made their way out into the world, after the company was required to sell off certain assets to remain afloat, it was uh, reported that strange men in black suits with heavily tinted SUVs swooped in, took all of these prototypes, and whisked them away to locations unknown hitherto to this day. Rumor has it that the mad genius behind the design managed to somehow infuse his paper shredders with a special brand of 
black magic that was supposed to keep them shredder blades sharp for centuries to come. Unfortunately, this magic also had some side effects, such as whatever got shredded got shredded from existence. There is a family that claims that their father used the shredder once to get rid of an old copy of his birth certificate, and uh, he proceeded to turn into a small pile of paper shreddings on the floor in front of the machine at about the same rate as his certificate went through the blades. Oh, ain't that spooky one, huh? Sound like something that you would be interested in? Would it help if I, um, mentioned that one of them is pink? Then shout your bids on the cold winter winds, and we'll send our collections agency to your front door if you are chosen to be the lucky winner, where upon completion of the transaction, your product will miraculously appear right where it needs to be. Next time you want something exotic to fill that consumeristic void in your materialistic heart, remember us here at Exotomat Auction Block for the weird, strange, supernatural, and disenfranchised. Thank you, and good night. And we're back. <gasps> oh, God, they did it. <laughs> I already own three, so. Well, I'm glad you said that, because tonight, after we're done recording, I do plan to go downstairs to my tool bench and use pliers to pull every single tooth from my head. Then I'm going to tuck them under the pillow in the hopes that when I awake in the morning, one of these products and or services will appear, traded in the night by an alien arachnid pretending to be a circus clown. It can happen. I feel like that was scripted. Well, it is not at all based off of a real person. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Chapter 7. Bloodlines. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Seemingly out of the blue, a stranger appears on the doorstep of the investigator's rented house, claiming to be Captain Colonel Bacon and offering a boat ride to Bloodsworth Island for a hefty price. Reluctantly, the trio agrees. They spend time shopping for essentials that will hopefully assist them in their quest to search for the island for Dan Williams, although they are unaware of what dangers might lie ahead. Boarding the USS Booberry, a series of mishaps dampen the spirit of Jack and Roy, while Detox thrives during the short nighttime jaunt across the bay. Finally, they reach the island and make their way to the crumbling edifice that is Winoka Point Research Center. It is currently Monday, October 1st, early evening. Winds that are out of the northwest and a chilly, drizzling rain pelts the poorest rock of Bloodsworth Island. Temperatures overnight will dip into the 30s as a cold front moves in the area. That sounds like current weather, actually. <laughs> Roy, the key you found under the rock turns the tumblers of the front entrance with well-oiled ease. The door pops open with a hiss, swinging inward to reveal... A perfect rectangle of blackness. A cacophony of odors assails your nostrils. Damp, rotted wood, a muddy admixture of rain, seawater, and dust, and beneath it all, a faint, sickly sweet scent that reminds you of sandalwood burned in church during funerals. Just then, a woman's monotone voice echoes from inside. Welcome to Winoka Point Research Center. Adrenaline kickstarts your heart, and your eyes dilate, hungry for more details of what's inside. Please give me a spot hidden roll. I need a 70, I got a 26, that's a hard success. Your eyesight gets used to the uh, dimness with a little bit of uh, light that's being produced by the guys behind you, and you see that there is like a, a small little device attached to the wall on the right-hand side, and quickly you realize that this is a contraption that will ping automatically, probably battery-operated, to deliver that recorded greeting. Your heartbeat goes down as you realize that obviously there's nobody waiting for you inside. Jack, you're standing behind Roy when that lady's voice creeps out of the dark, and it is suddenly the voice of your third-grade teacher, Miss Georgette, the one who watched you too closely from behind her big wooden desk in the small classroom. She never smiled. No emotion ever flickered in her eyes. You always felt as if she were sizing you up, calculating your weight, wondering how you might taste. But she is long gone. You came back for fourth grade and she was missing. No one knew to where she'd disappeared, but occasionally throughout the years, you thought you heard her calling your name from abandoned houses or deserted alleyways or lonesome paths through dark forests. 
your reverie is suddenly interrupted by a distant whoop sound from the bay waters. Please give me a spot hidden. What the fudge? I'm spending the luck. I needed a 70. I rolled a 72. That puts me down to 20 in luck. You whirl around at the sound of this whoop, and you scan the horizon. You see that there's a brief but bright flash of light out on the bay, maybe about a mile and a half. And then the sudden cold wash of realization turns your insides to ice as you realize that the USS Booberry is no more. <gasps> I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll as you realize that the USS Booberry has just hit the mine that you had triggered. <gasps> oh, shit. Sanity roll, please. I don't want to. <laughs> I need a 79. I got to roll the 29. That's hard. All right, you are shaken to your very core. and You take one point of sanity damage, but no more. And now you also realize that you're stranded. Guys, do you smell bacon? Detox. The rain pelting all around you is most uncomfortable. When Roy opens the door, you hear a robotic voice echo from within. Most likely a recorded message of some kind triggered when someone enters. Pretty standard for buildings like this, really. Jack takes a step backward for some reason and bumps into you, then turns to look back the way you came. You follow his gaze to see a faraway flicker of flame out across the water. Oh no. Dread engulfs you. That's roughly where the USS Booberry encountered the floating mines. I'm going to need you to make a roll spot hidden or listen, whichever is higher or better for you. Well, it's a 50-50. All right, so your choice. Uh, let's go with listen. Roll both and see which is better. Nope, I needed a 50. I rolled a 99. You inadvertently step back into Jack and cling to his shirt because all you can focus on is the blast that is now quickly dimming in the rain. You realize also that it's going to be very tough to get off this rock. Sean Connery's coming in though, right? Depends. Is this is it red this October or is it blue? No, it's the rock. Rock. Best movie he ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you mean the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Oof. Yes, I do believe that. Oof. Ouch. Did you see what the hell just happened? Roy. What? <laughs> I think we just lost our way off this island. What happened? I think one of the mines triggered. So wait. The SS Booberry is destroyed? And I think that's what it is. I, I can't be sure, but... <laughs> I bet if it was the SS Count Chocula, that wouldn't have happened. How the hell are we getting off this island? Look, I was going to swim out here, so I don't know why we couldn't swim back. Well, we do have another boat down there, Steel. All right, so we got to find Dan and get the hell out of here and use that boat. Yeah, let's worry about, like, doing... Our, our stuff here before we worry about how we're going to leave here. All right, sounds good. What did you see up there? So, like, there was, like, this automated voice. I'm not sure how you can see someone's voice unless you found something to get into again. Shut up, dude. Is it safe to go in? Does the structure look safe? Probably. Detox, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Flashlights ahead, everyone. I'm going to pull out a flashlight, click it on, and walk through the front door into the building. I'm following. And I'm at the back. You walk into an area. This is clearly a reception area. There is a long counter on the right-hand side and uh, a door that's just adjacent on the same north wall. There's also a door in the uh, south wall towards the uh, east. And uh, there is a, a desk behind the low counter that clearly looked like it was a receptionist desk with computers that clearly, by your estimation, are quite old. Everywhere you can see there's like moldering magazines, toppled chairs, basically junk and a little bit of rubble here and there. This looks like a reception area to me. I concur. Well, I see spot where my services are needed, and I'm going to immediately head over to the reception desk and sit down at the computers that are back there and see what I can do with them. I'm going to check the door just to the right and see if it's open or unlocked. I'm going to look through drawers and stuff. What is this, Skyrim? Just going to take anything that isn't nailed down? You can scrap it later. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and do detox first. I'm going to need you to make a dex roll as you make your way across. Uh, I needed a 70 and I rolled a 74. That's a failure. Did you want to let that stand? Yes, I do. 
So I'm going to need you to make a uh, roll a d3, please. I rolled a one. In your haste and eagerness to go check out these sweet-ass computers, you slip on a moldering pile of books that have deteriorated to the extent that they're almost liquefied, and you slip and twist your angle slightly, and you take a point of damage. Oh. I'm down to nine hit points, guys. Jack, I'm going to need you to do the same thing. All right. Uh, but I'm going to give you a bonus die since you're not really going that far. Okay. I needed a 60. I rolled a 66, which is a fail. So go ahead and roll a d6 and divide that by two. Two points. As you head towards the door, it looks like a piece of the concrete has deteriorated to such an extent that you trip and actually fall and bang your head against the door. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Roy. Oh, I'm not going anymore after seeing those two fall. I'll be by the door. You're basically uh, sort of following detox and going to the low counter where all the drawers and stuff are. And go ahead and do the same thing. Uh, Roll a dex for me. I wonder what could happen. Oh, I failed. I needed a 50. I got a 77. So a d6, please. Do, do, do. I got a four, which means All right, a two. so say you're pulling out one of the drawers, and you snag your hand on a sharp piece of metal that's jutting out from it. The, the drawer just basically dissolves in your hand. It's broken to such an extent it has a nice slice on it, so you slice your hand open. I don't want to be here anymore. I just like to imagine at the same instant that Roy slices his hand open, you look back and you see Detox go back one way, and you see Jack fall forward the other, and we all do this simultaneously. <laughs> All right, Detox, you basically recoup a little bit and uh, sit down shaking slightly, rubbing your ankle at the uh, computer station. And there are two terminals there. Uh, They're quite clearly circa 1980. Just some basic old IBM terminals. They even have the phone cradle. And you can see a printout to one side that has uh, a few lines that you can just barely make it out. It's so faded and old of a rogue. Hashes for walls and a little ampersand for a monster and asterisk for doors. And it looks like the whoever uh, was using it last got killed uh, right after they opened a door for uh, 10 hit points from a monster. Was it a blob? It was actually a zombie. Oh. So that's, that's what you discover. Uh, Roy, why don't you go ahead and give me a... I guess spot hidden, right? Searching drawers. I needed a 70. I got a 33. Not like I could have gotten that roll when I was not trying to die, but whatever. You're not exactly an expert in the field, but it's pretty clear that they were doing some sort of biological research here. You're not sure to to what effect, but, you know, obviously from all of the uh, rumors that you guys have heard about biological weapons and stuff like that, government run, it does give you a little bit of a creep factor. Whoa. All right, Jack. You pick yourself up, rubbing your head, which is a little bloodied right now, but you're pretty embarrassed to even mention it to the other guys who are, you know, picking up their own problems. I have Dane Bramage. He's stuck with a temporary case of permanent brain damage. So the next room that you're peering into is probably closer to 30 by 40. And within that larger room, you see several doors, which clearly lead to perhaps offices or cubicles or something. There is a door that is on the south wall. Well, what I found up here, guys, is uh, it looks like uh, offices or something. I'm not quite sure. What did you guys find? Uh, looks like someone was uh, playing games on their computer when they should have been working. And to me, it looks like they've been doing biological experiments. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll come out of here with superpowers. What do you mean? Experiments. I don't know. Look at this. It looks like they've been doing some form. I mean, I'm I'm not an expert in the field, but I have 11 kids. I know a biological experiment when I see one. All right. We need to be cautious here because I already cut my head open. (laughs) I cut my hand open. All right. Let's attend to our wounds and then let's uh, anything else useful other than games detox. Can I do anything with the computer? Like, is it totally dead or can I turn it on and see if it'll boot? It is completely dead. There is absolutely no electricity. Sorry, looks like uh, this place is lacking a bit in the voltage department, so I can't really do much with this. Voltron department? Yeah. Where does that other door lead to? Anybody checked that yet? I haven't checked anything. I've been worrying about my hand bleeding. We'll put a band-aid on it. If you want, we can have Jet kiss your hand if it makes your boo-boo feel any better. So you guys can do first aid, and if you do that within one hour, you get one HP recovery. Nice, I'm doing it. I will also do it. I'm going to do myself. Uh-huh. Yes! Hey. I needed a 30. I got an 11. That's hard. So you, you gained a hit point. I gained a hard hit point. Next. 
I'll try it. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I need a 30. I got a six. That's an extreme success. You get a hit point. You get a hit point. Everybody gets a hit point. Actually, everybody does get a hit point. I needed a 30 and I rolled a 17. That's a success. So uh, describe to me how uh, you guys administer your first aid. I uh, pull open the wound and rinse it out with a small bottle of saline solution. Also says eye drops on the side of it. Does it hurt? Yeah, of course. Oh. oh, Brian, Brian, the correct thing to do at that point is to cover it in dirt. Everybody Excuse knows me, that. this is my reenactment. I pinch it together and put the butterfly bandages on it. And then I get out the stapler, the DeWalt stapler I have. And I'm like, yeah. I do the honorable thing. I cauterize it real hard. And then I wrap it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look around and I'm going to find some pencils that whoever was here last left behind. And I'm going to take those pencils along with some zip ties out of my bag. And I'm going to make like a a really cheap temporary splint on my ankle out of zip ties and pencils. I'm going to slowly and carefully work my way over to the other door and try to pop that open. I want to take a minute to root around in the receptionist desk and see if I find anything interesting. I'm going to just judge Detox for thinking that I didn't search well enough. Uh, so, Jack, uh, you, you travel to the south wall. Open that door is what I heard. Yep. It appears to be like a little break room of some sort oh, okay. for the receptionist. I mean, again, it's completely in shambles, but there is the remains of like a coffee maker that's shattered in one corner, tipped over on a uh, broken table. There were some mounted cupboards, but they've long since fallen. And there's still a hot cup of coffee on the counter. That's right. (laughs) There is a door on the uh, west wall. That's what you see. Shining your flashlight through, there's dust motes floating through the air. Ah, ghost orbs. Quick, get out the recorder. We might get some EVP. Did you hear that? Roy, go ahead and judge Detox as they searched the same drawers you just searched. Hey, Detox, you think you're better than me or something? You you think that you're going to find something that I didn't find? I should have just let you do it because then you'd take the cut that I got doing such great work, but whatever. Since you want to just swoop in and try and take some credit that you're not going to be able to take, I'll start poking them in the back. Like, hey... There's nothing in there, bro. I have 11 kids. If you think I don't know how to look for things, you're stupid. I'll start getting more aggressive. So I'm like pushing him. Hey, react. Do something. <laughs> and, and Jack, you hear uh, Roy's voice being raised. Hey, keep it down. Shut up. I'm trying to get a reaction. Hey. Hey, Detox. What kind of stupid name is Detox? Come on. I'll start getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> Slowpoke. You're dumb. I already looked there. I have more friends than you. <laughs> then I'll fall asleep on the ground. All right, Jack. Now's where we get out of here and leave him. Let's go. So, so now you need to roll and see what you found in the drawers that he couldn't find. Basically, just the same old crap. There's not. There's not just not much there. Or you see more of the same that he found. That indeed, Roy was absolutely right. This place was being used for biological research of some kind. But Detox, even though you are pretty dang smart at this type of stuff, biological research is sort of out of your wheelhouse. But it does make you a little uneasy. Guys, get over here. There's tons of orbs. I'm gonna hop up from the desk and head over to where Jack is. And Roy's leaning against the low countertop, just sort of resting his eyes for a minute. Hey, Detox. Yeah? We got two options. The one door up to the north of us looks like there's a bunch of office space. This one, I'm not sure what's in here. It looks like just a break room, but there's another door. I think we should split up. Because nothing ever bad happens when you split the party. Roy, get over here! Yeah, Greta, no more kids. (laughs) What? What? I think we might have more luck searching in the offices. We might find, you know, maybe like a, a inter-office memo or some sort of notes or something to give us more of a hint of what they were trying to do here. All right, let's work our way carefully over to the other door. Take a step forward, stop and look at the ground. Take a step forward, stop and look at the ground. <laughs> we're going to take one hour to go from door to door. Jack in the lead walks into an open area, which clearly contains what appears to be some... Possibly offices. There's a bunch of doors. Three doors on the east and the west side of the of the room. And then there are three more doors on the north side. Each of these doors has a little nameplate next to it. It's almost like doctor's offices. Oh. Or examination type rooms, maybe? Potentially. You're not quite sure at this point. And then there is a door that 
leads westward down a long hallway, and then to the south is a pair of double doors. Now, in the upper right-hand corner of the space, uh, there is another computer setup that are very similar to the ones that Detox found. Who wants to take the three to the north? Who wants to take the three to the uh, east? And who wants to take the three to the west? I'll take the north. All right, I'm going to start walking forward after I make my statement and go to the first door closest to the computer terminals. Uh, I'm going to take the three door, the three doors on the east, starting with the one closest to me. And Roy, you're sticking with Jack? Yeah. Why don't each of you give me a spot hidden, please? I needed a 70. I rolled a 55. That sucks my sus. I needed a 70. I got a 22. That's a hard success. Uh, I needed a 50 and I rolled a 20. It's a hard success. Jack and Roy enter into that first northern room. And you can see it's just a very small uh, room. It's probably around 15 by 15. It's not really a doctor's office. It looks like somebody probably lived here. It's almost like some sort of quarters. So there is a, a ramshackle bed that has been fallen into disrepair. There is a um, mattress that is rotted and stained. And you can see there's a bit of water dripping from above through the ceiling onto the mattress. Uh, there's a bit of mold in one corner. And there's like uh, clearly a chest of drawers that's been broken and molded and fallen over. The drawers are spilled out. It doesn't appear like there's anything in them. Uh, there were no clothes or anything like that that you could detect. Detox. As you open up the door on the east wall, the first thing you notice is that the door was slightly ajar. It's not ajar, it's a door. So you push it open very carefully, and it falls off the hinges. It was barely connected, and just lands flat on the floor with a big whoop. I didn't do it. It was Roy. Dust flies up from the ground, and you can see that there is... Orbs everywhere. Oh my god, ghosts! So the dust sort of takes a minute to settle. You can see that there are footprints in the dust leading over towards the uh, far corner where there appears to be something on top of an intact chest of drawers. Carefully walk alongside the footprints that are already there. I don't want to disturb them. And I'm going to follow them over to the, the chest of drawers and see if I can't figure out what the, the person who was there previously was trying to find or trying to get at. And Jack and Roy, what are you guys doing? All right, Roy, it looks like we're clear here. Let's go to the next one. Roy, you, you happen to see, as you're just moving away from that first room, over towards the area where there's terminals... You notice that there is a paper shredder, and there appears to be something beside it that looks kind of like a gun. I'll go grab the paper shredder. All right, so Jack, you're you're moving on to that middle room, right? Yeah, he's getting the paper shredder. Roy is distracted, and he moves silently away from you. You don't even notice that he's not behind you anymore. So detox. As you approach the chest of drawers, you can see with your flashlight zoning in on this lump that is on top of the chest of drawers. It's quite clearly a backpack. And you, being an aficionado of backpacks, recognize this as uh, relatively modern. It seems a little out of place in this 1980s research center that has been long abandoned. Grab the backpack off the top of the chest of drawers, backtrack out of the small room I'm in, out into the main room, and I'm just going to set the bag down on the ground, crouch down, and start searching through it. So it's a Jansport backpack. And it's, it's maroon color, and it is very heavy-duty. It's one of the quality ones. Uh, very expensive. So you zip it open. It's water-resistant. Very nice, very roomy inside. Hashtag sponsor us, Jansport. <laughs> <laughs> and inside, you can see that there is some rope, a flashlight, some extra batteries for the flashlight, a first aid kit, a crowbar, and an old flip phone. Well, looks like we weren't the first person or group of people anyway to try and see what kind of secrets this place holds. And uh, why don't you go ahead and give me an intelligence roll or history, whichever one's better. Yeah, we're going to stick with intelligence because my history is at five. Who cares about the past, man? Technology is now. Oh, I needed an 80 and I rolled a 73. That's a successful intelligence roll. So you do seem to recall some sort of rumor about urban explorers coming to the island back in the 2000s? But why would they leave a backpack full of all of these items? Roy, you approach the terminals and see that clearly there is a uh, paper shredder. And next to that 
is a drum of some sort. Not quite a trash can. A little bit bigger than that. And completely stainless steel. And uh, is full of ash. And the gun is actually a flare gun. Darn. Is there any papers around? No. Clearly everything has been burned for some reason. That's stupid. I'll grab the flare gun and the paper shredder and get out of there. I like push it. Jack, you open up the second room. Just very curious. You don't. You have no awareness that Roy has moved on to other things. You open up the second room, and it's it's pretty much more of the same. There is one thing you notice in this room. You open it up, and it's clearly another bedroom. Uh, you see a little bit more even of the mold that's creeping along that north wall. Obviously, there has been some damage on the floor above that is causing the wetness to come in and to deteriorate below. But you do notice that there is a faint X on the wall that was clearly marked with some sort of charcoal or volcanic rock. Start digging, boys. We found the treasure. Uh, which wall is it marked on? It is actually on the west wall. I'm going to shine my light on it and approach it and shine on the near the floor and see if I and then the ceiling to see if I see any. All right, I'm going to need you to make an intelligence roll and I'm going to need an extreme success. I needed a 50 and I rolled a 37. It's just a success. The X just just seems like somebody marked this particular wall for whatever reason. You're not sure if it was for demolition or was it somebody trying to mark their path or their progress or something like that? Be like, Roy, let's go to the next room. That's when I'll look back and see that he's not there. Well, you see him actually at the far end dragging this paper shredder (laughs) and holding a flare gun in one hand. Roy, what the hell are you doing? What do you mean? You know how much profit we can make off this thing? Yeah, just a scrap alone, but how are we getting that back on that little boat? We don't need to bring Detox back with us. It weighs more than all of us put together. I don't see how that's relevant. Look, cut the cord off of it and take the cord. That'll be worth some funds. Dumb. It's got all that copper in it, man. I'll cut the cord off and leave the cord so it weighs less. <laughs> Here, help me help me check out this last room, and then we gotta hit those other rooms. We'll check on Detox, see how, how they're doing. Help me push this into the lobby. I refuse to... St- participate with your meme then i'm not gonna help you look i'll get this into the lobby then i'll help you out all right i'm gonna look in the next room and i'm gonna push the paper shredder into the lobby detox you notice that as you're basically zipping up the jansport backpack that uh, roy is pulling a paper shredder down the hallway towards you and has a flare gun in one hand he looks like he's getting a little sweaty roy what the hell are you doing with that paper shredder do you <laughs> know how much money this is worth yeah, probably like a uh, hundred bucks. That's not true. true. What are you going to do with that? You're just going to like... Sell it. H- how are you going to get it off the island, though? I mean, it's not like we have a, a large a boat or anything. We'll leave Jack behind. <sighs> he wanted to leave you behind, but I told him no. Well, um, good luck. Good luck getting that back to the lobby. You know, I I found a backpack that had some interesting stuff in it. Walk with me and talk. (laughs) I would, but there's this other room right here and it's just so close. And I'm just going to, as I'm like facing, I'm going to like step backwards towards the door. I'm like, is this right here? I'm just going to write and I'm just going to push the door open and quickly step inside. For the sake of brevity, (laughs) we'll say Roy gets the uh, paper shredder back in the reception area. No problem. Well, I mean, sweaty, but Jack and uh, Detox complete their searches of the rooms and don't find much else of interest. Back to the boat. We're out of here. See, I did something productive, unlike you morons. The The funny thing is once we get that shredder into the boat, I'll say I'll push it out and then I'm out of there leaving them both behind. I got the shredder money, bitches! That's mean. All right, where should we go? Through the double doors or the the northwest doors? Hold up. I was searching the first room I went into, and uh, it looks like we're not the first people to try and figure out this place. I um, I found a backpack. I'm going to hold it up. has uh, a bunch of exploration supplies in it. Flashlight, batteries, uh, rope, crowbar. Jan Sports, that can hold a lot. Yeah. Here, I'm going to unzip the backpack. I'm going to pull out the flip phone, and then I'm going to hand the backpack over to Jack. I'm going to pull out the crowbar and throw the backpack over one shoulder. Suddenly you hear some scuttling sounds. It's these little brain things with, like, legs, and they no. fall out at you. Oh, I broke a crate. Half-Life jokes. <laughs> Yay. Uh, you grab the crowbar out of there, and uh, you, you see the flip phone. It's a uh, a phone that was popular in 2002. 
you also see that it is deader than a doornail. Swing my bag forward and see if I just happen to have the correct connector to plug it into a portable power supply to charge it to see if I can't get it to power up. That would be a luck roll. And unlike some people around here, I still have 62 points of luck. Then why should we ever do anything? Why wouldn't you do it all? Uh, I needed a 62 and I rolled a 22. That's a hard You success. absolutely have an adapter. so But it will take some time to get enough of a charge to actually do anything with it. And then it'll last for 47 days once it's exactly. charged. <laughs> it'll be at least 30 minutes before you can even get it to charge up enough to power on. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, so I'm just going to plug it in and then slip it back into my bag with the uh, portable power. Jack, did you want to do anything more with the Jansport? Yeah, I'm going to, um, after I pull the crowbar out, I'm going to look down in there and see the flashlight and just test it. Uh, it's quite dead, and you you know you can see that the extra batteries also ha- are quite corroded. I'm going to toss them in into that room so they're just out of the hallway so we don't roll on them later. Ah, oh, my cankles. <laughs> uh, so you find anything interesting in any of these rooms? Uh Ah, uh, just the middle room had an X on it, but uh, everything else was clear. I think, I don't know, it could be anything. Or a secret room. So, any votes uh, uh, on where we're heading next? We have a single door or the double doors? I say we keep going on the north wall. What do you think? Probably the best structure be in the outside wall anyway. I think we should go put the paper shredder in the boat real fast. We should check on the boat, I mean. Good luck getting that down the beach, Roy. Look, if you guys would just support me for once. If we're still alive by the time we finish here, Roy, and the paper shredder is still there, I will help you carry that thing down to the beach. Deal. All right, let's go through the north door, guys. I'm going to reach down and grab the handle and pop it open. The door opens up, and you can see that this is clearly some sort of laboratory. You can see there are machines and smashed beakers and work tables, a couple terminals that have fallen into disrepair, and their screens are smashed to bits. To bits, you say? There is an opening in the wall on the west, and then there is also an opening on the south. There are uh, some windows that appear also on the south wall. The unusual thing is, immediately to your left as you come through the door, you can see that part of the wall has crumbled. This appears to be stonework that has collapsed from above. Guys, be careful. We got some structural damage here on the left. I'd start kicking the walls. <laughs> it kicks back. I'm going to walk into probably 10 feet into the room and look to the left down what I see is possibly a hallway. So you, you can just see like a little bit. There's a, obviously a larger open space beyond that opening, but you're not quite sure what it what it possibly could be with your flashlight, at least with it from that range. Walking in 10 feet. So I'm going to slowly start walking that way without saying anything, just keeping my light shine down there. All right, so Jack is moving southward. Roy and Detex, what are you doing? I'll go the other way. He's going straight up. He's going to start levitating <laughs> up in the air. Uh, I guess that leaves me to head over to where the terminals are and the desks and do some, some digging around and see if there's anything of interest. Jack, to the south, you clearly see this. this is a, a large area that was a cafeteria for a large staff. And you can see all the tables and stuff. There's a kitchen on the south end. There is an opening in the wall to the west. And to the uh, east is a storage space where there are a couple hand trucks. This is clearly looking more and more like military. The number of staff who would have been fed and uh, occupied the cafeteria, as well as the presence of hand trucks to move large skids of food to and from the kitchen and to the storage units that are to the north end. And keep in mind, all of this is in disarray. The hand trucks are slightly tipped over, rusted. There's a bit of a drip in the kitchen. Clearly, rain is getting in somewhere from above, pattering on the uh, stovetops that are junk at this point. Roy. Uh, You move towards that westward opening, and you can see that it goes north and south beyond that. So you walk in, and you can see there are chambers to to the north and the south. To the north, uh, you can't quite make it out, but it looks like there's more terminals, some sort of computers, like like maybe more of a bank of computers. To the south, it's hard to see, but it almost looks like rows and rows of reel-to-reel units. And detox, you move towards the uh, north end of what's clearly the lab, and you can see this is primarily not a lab for experimentation, 
but more about analysis. So even though there are microscopes and uh, some tables and, and machinery, this is more about not the collection of specimens, but the analysis of those specimens. So you see a lot of broken plates, some test tubes that are broken. So clearly things were brought here to be analyzed. And the thing that occurs to all three of you is, what in the fuck was Dan doing here? I don't think Detox would think like that. I don't think Detox is much of a swear, you know. What, in the crikey? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to just shine my flashlight around and notice that it's just a cafeteria. And it just looks abandoned and lonely and it just gives you the creeps. I'm going to shine my light my light back in and sweep the room I just came out of, the data lab, to see where everybody's standing. You can see uh, Roy standing in the entrance over on the west wall, sort of looking curiously perplexed north and south. And then you can see uh, Detox, brow furrowed, almost a confused look on their face. I got a cafeteria and kitchen in here. What'd you guys find? Bunch of smashed laboratory equipment. Some computers and some stuff. Uh, computers. No power to them still, right? Of course no, not. We need to find uh, either like some sort of, either find like a generator room maybe. This place might have a, a backup generators that are self-sustainable. So maybe we can find the, the maintenance corridor or something. There'll be some sort of uh, power options around here somewhere to get some lights on. Because if we can get these computers up and going, it shouldn't be too hard for me to get in here and see what all was happening. All right. I guess that should be priority one then. I concur. Based on the layout here, where do you think it might be in relation to a lab and a bunch of terminals? Centrally located, maybe? would be my guess. I'm going to walk down over to the cafeteria where Jack is at, and I'm going to shine my light around for a second, and I'm going to see that there's a, another opening over here on the west, and I'm going to start walking towards that. I said, we got uh, another break in the wall over here. I'm going to see what's hiding back here. All right, I'm going to go with him. I'll come too, so that way I'm not going to die alone. He trips and falls and hits his head on the edge of one of the, ca- the cafeteria tables and dies instantly. <laughs> It's quite clearly some sort of maintenance area where things are repaired and built. It's kind of weird that it's slightly off the cafeteria, but there are a lot of workbenches, a bunch of tools. Again, a lot of this is in disrepair. To the south, there is another narrow passageway, some sort of archway into another area. Well, I'd say we're on the right track. Looks like we've found a maintenance area. Maybe this will have some kind of connection to the central power. Perhaps head in and I'm going to just start digging through all the workbenches and desks and stuff. Where'd you get a shovel? Uh, it was uh, in the cafeteria. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden there. Oh, I needed a 50 and I'll roll a 43. That's a success. There really isn't much here that is of interest. However, you do find one hammer that is completely stainless steel with a rubberized grip that it's still in pretty decent shape. I'll tuck it into my bag and take it with me. I see a little opening over here. I'm going to check that out. All right. Come on, Roy. Okay. All right, Roy and Jack go and peek through the opening in the south wall. And they're a little stymied uh, because this appears to be like some heavy machinery. Almost looks as though it could be some sort of generator, but it looks somewhat alien to that. Maybe a little more high tech. I ask and you shall receive. Let's see if we can get this thing fired up. I'm going to walk up to it and see if I can't find like a control panel or something that might be the way to turn it on. I'm going to walk the perimeter of the room and just check and... Make sure that it's structurally sound, see if I see anything in the far corners. I'll do what I should do, and I'm going to act like I'm staying busy. Detox, why don't you give me... Mechanical repair. And I'm going to need an extreme. An extreme on my mechanical repair. Okay. Uh, Well, that's going to be a no, because... I rolled 53. I have more luck than everyone, but I'm never going to use it. Detox, there is no way to start this thing. It's so badly rusted and out of date. The substation is going to be offline, and you are without power. Jack, I'm going to need you to make a spy hidden place. I needed a 70. I rolled a 59. So you are searching around... And you've been searching around for quite a while now through many rooms. And there is one thing that seems very peculiar. You have yet to see any kind of vermin. No bugs, no rats, no spiders. You would expect to see some desiccated spiders in the corners. There's nothing. And it strikes you in this room in particular. You're flashing your lights around. You would expect to see webs and things. Uh, There's nothing. Very strange. Roy? I'm going to need you to make 
Stealth. Oh, this is going to suck, probably. <laughs> you know Roy, known for his stealth. Oh my god, I need a 20 out of 3. That's an extreme success. He stands so still, he becomes invisible. With, with, a, with an extreme success, there are a few things that happen. First thing is, you absolutely fool these guys. They think you're actually doing something. Wow, Roy is really stepping up. Yeah, of course, my extreme success is on when I'm faking doing things. <laughs> but the second thing that you detect is there are footprints in this room that someone has clearly tried to cover up. And they, they appear to be f- relatively fresh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know how I've been working harder than you guys? Hold on, let me come over there. So I've been working really hard over here, just being the best. You guys are slackers and you just pick it up. But So look what I found. There's some footprints. Good eye, Roy, good eye. And Jack and Roy bend down and look closely with their flashlights uh, while Detox is still monkeying with the uh, control panel. And they notice that, oh my god, this these are quite clearly Dan's footprints. You recognize that shoe print by now. We're on the right trail, then. Hey, Detox, can your computers do that? Ah, uh, do what, exactly? Find Dan, like I did, by myself. Where is he if you found him? Shut up, his footprints are here. So you didn't find him, you found his footprints. Yeah, but we follow his footprints, and he'll be wherever they lead, dude. That's what footprints are. All right, I say we get on this now before we uh, lose the trail. Any luck with those generators? Ah, this thing's, uh, knackered pretty far beyond repair. I don't care what you do with it, did you figure it out? Ah, we're on our own here. Let's follow these tracks. Roy, you're on point. Out, staring straight at the ground, follow those tracks. Into a wall. You take three points of damage. So, uh, Roy points his flashlight and with a little bit of concentration is able to find the tracks turn around, go back through the maintenance area, through the cafeteria, through the storage area, and through the double doors. All right, let's move it. I'm following Roy the whole way. And go. Open sesame. Step right, step left. All right, Roy, let's uh, let's open these doors together. The same time. And we touch hands. And Well, yeah. We got to touch the thumbs so we know when to go. When we break thumbs is when we open. All right, yeah. ready? Three, two, one. Ugh. <sighs> <sighs> The double doors open with a hiss. You enter into a room. It's like the reception area, but more of a lobby. To the south of this room, which is about 20 by 30, to the south is a staircase that leads up. To the north is a elevator shaft. And the elevator doors have been propped open with a chair. And the elevator is clearly not on this level. Push the call button. Why isn't anything happening? Detox, you hear this whistling wind coming from the shaft. And it's the theme from Shaft. Shaft! Ah! He's the savior of the universe. Back out to the boat, boys. We're leaving. It's Shaft Gordon. How do you know his poor name? (laughs) And Hot Wings the Merciless. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go over to the stairwell, staircase, whatever, and shine up. I'm assuming it's like a fire escape type where it goes up back on itself. So it's like up, little landing, and then up. Uh, I'm going to head over to the elevator shaft, kind of lean in through the the crack in the doors and shine my flashlight just kind of up and down and see if I can't see anything. I'll also go up the stairs because I'm not good with machines. So you open up the door, Jack, and Roy's like right next to you, right behind you. Jesus Christ. Touching thumbs. Just the tips. You flash your flashlight beam up the stairs. You can see that there's a bit of detritus on the staircase, a little bit of mud. looks like maybe some stones, a little bit of rock. I'm going to need listen rolls from each of you, please. Oh, I needed a 55. I got 11 extreme success. You hear everything. I needed a 28. I got a 75. So, Jack, you're shining your flashlight up. And you can hear water dripping. Somehow the rain is getting through. You can hear so well that you can hear that the rain is turned to hail. We're going to hail. But there's something else behind that susurrant sound of constant hail. And it almost sounds like... Rick Astley. They're yeah, going to give, give you up. <laughs> it sounds like helicopter blades. Fudge crackers. Roy. You're straining to listen just as you realize that Jack is also straining to listen. The two of you must wonder twin powers activate. (laughs) Form of hail. That's when you hear a woman scream above. Icky. 
Girls have cooties. <laughs> Detox. You move towards the elevator shaft and very carefully peer in through, shining your flashlight. The elevator is actually down quite a ways, probably about 60 feet or so. And the door that is in the roof of the elevator has been thrown open. And why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please? Oh, I needed a 50 and I rolled a 28. That's a success. And as you shine your flashlight and squint downward, you're quite Clearly can see the whiteness of bone inside. No, come on, bro. What are your thoughts so far? This is getting good. Now that we, I, at first I was nervous because I couldn't tell if that those were stairs or what those were in that, the last room. I was like, well, this is all one floor. So <laughs> this is kind of dumb. Time to go outside and search. This is the ranch-style government facility. Choices, choices at this point. Do we go down, which is usually where all the good shit happens? Maybe we change it up a little, huh? And follow the voice? We go upstairs and get arrested. We haven't even finished clearing the first floor, guys. There's still the door on the other side of the break room we haven't been through. Any theories going on? Dan turned into a woman, and that's his voice screaming. I don't think this is a closed-down facility. I think it's made to look like a closed-down facility. It's a good idea. Here's my theory. You lied to us. You went and saw Overlord, and that's what the rest of this scenario is going to be. <laughs> Nothing but Nazi zombies. <laughs> I knew it. Clearly, Dan came here with a, an intent, a purpose for being here. Either one of the artifacts or a component that he needs for his, you know, quote, time travel thing is buried here somewhere, and it might have something to do with the HW Industries elixir of life. Well, tune in next time for Chapter 7 Bloodlines. And now it's time for some recommendos, so please roll D100. I rolled a 70. Ah, 69. I rolled a 96. Holy shit. I got a 7. So I'll start us off here. So tonight I was going to recommend a completely different movie. It's ironic that I was because the movie I was going to recommend is called Apostle on Netflix, which is directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed The Raid. So instead, I'm actually recommending The Night Comes for Us, directed by Timo Chahanto. And essentially, this is a nonstop action gore kung fu movie, which is The Raid, and The Raid 2, if you've ever seen those movies. And if you haven't, shame on you, because they're amazing. This is uh, basically a triad, Yakuza kind of movie, where a gentleman who is part of the triad attempts to get out of it, and he has to fight his way out for his life. It's got a little bit of The Professional, if you remember Leon The Professional. And so he he, uh, rescues a little girl who he was meant to kill, and then uh, spends the whole movie essentially protecting her. And going up against all his old bosses and all all his old friends and it's really just like one hit of adrenaline to your heart it's non-stop action it's a little slow to get going but probably about 15 minutes before the action kicks in but from that then on out it's just gunplay knife slicing limbs breaking popping heads off it's it's amazing i i love a good gore fest and this particular variety of movie is just non-stop joy even though people are dying left and right it's so much fun it's got a little bit of the uh, political baloney going on but who cares it's all about how am I going to pop this guy's eye out, you know, <laughs> uh, with what knife and what, what cool thing am I going to use to, you know, slam into this guy's esophagus? It's super good. So the night comes for us on Netflix. It's well worth your time. So loved it. It's so fucking good. All right, B, how about you, buddy? Um, I am going to recommend Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Um, it's a, a older British BBC TV show. It's about a writer, a horror writer, that wants to make his own TV show. So he also stars in his own show. So it's an actor playing a writer who's playing an actor. And it's very slapstick. It's based on, it's it's kind of a, a, a poke at the 80s horror TV shows, Goosebumps and stuff like that, and soap operas. Purposely messing up with shots. The cuts are so jarring. You know, no retakes or, you know, there's nothing in the budget for retakes for this this tv show that they have so far i've only been able to find it on youtube 
So uh, take a look and, and see if you can locate it anywhere else. If you can, please drop us a line. Drop me a line on Discord because uh, I'd love to own the DVD. I believe it's only one season, maybe two. You, you can't help but laugh out loud how ridiculous most of it is. So definitely uh, uh, check it out. It's uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and you can find it on YouTube. That's where I found it. So All right, uh, Matthew, you're up next. Uh, this week, I'm going to recommend an indie game called Darkwood by Acid Wizard Studio. What it is, is it's it's a survival horror game, but it's a top-down survival horror game. So it's it's a brand new twist on the, the gameplay where it's you, that really simple art style, top-down, and you wouldn't think that you could make a, a top-down game scary, but this game has some some pretty pretty nasty chops on it it's uh not handholdy in any way so it's semi-open world it's you play a guy who wakes up in it basically wakes up in the woods and all around you there's you know you find mutated plants and mutated creatures and strange people and it's the story of you trying to stay alive uh stay sane and figure out how to get out of this this strange place for not having a lot in the in the terms of in terms of graphics the atmosphere is so incredibly well done and it is incredibly creepy and they just do such a good job with the like sound the way they handle enemies and it's great because the they don't like handhold you in any way like i said like you get a map early on but there's no you know, HUD, there are no quest markers, there's no anything. The map, it fills in as you wander around in its landmarks. So you have to learn the area you're in and learn the landmarks and say, okay, so from this point I need to go north and then west to get back home. And it becomes a, a loop of going out during the day to find supplies and materials to, you know, build defenses and traps. And, you know, you have to go out and meet certain people and talk to them at certain times and places to buy and sell. You can trade with NPCs and they all sometimes have items you need. And then it's a mad rush to get back to your, your house or your safe spot, wherever that is, and barricade yourself in before nightfall because that's when all the the really nasty, creepy crawlies come out of the woods to try and kill you. But it is only 15 bucks, so... It's it's well worth the price. All right, Gabe, close this out, buddy. I'm also doing a video game. My video game is called Octo Dad Dead Dadliest Catch. It is a sequel to Octo Dad, but I've never played it. And also, I've in my playing of this game, it's not confusing at all. I don't think you need to play the first game. It's hard to find. But so basically, you're an octopus who is disguising yourself as a dad because you know octopi need love too all of a sudden after like 15 years of marriage your wife has become very suspicious of you and she's like just growing distant because she thinks that you aren't in love with her anymore because you're doing so many odd things all of this while this angry chef is chasing you because he knows you're an octopus and he wants to expose you to the world and let me tell you something it's a hard game to play. It's so hard because the controls suck on purpose because you're an octopus trying to live on land. You stick to everything and it's like different controls than any game I've ever played. Like you have to use different triggers to move your feet and your arms. and But the difficulty makes it hilarious because you find yourself ragdolling all over the place. So, uh, you know, if you want to just have a laugh, it's like 15 bucks at retail. I'm sure you can get it cheaper. Give yourself a laugh. Play Octodad Dadliest Catch. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Five star, preferably. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anybody happens to know where I can get a uh, mechanical engineering on old rusty generators for Dummy's book, uh, let me know on Twitter at the Real Weed Kid. And if anybody wants to tell me the odds that I'm gonna fumble a lot after all those extremes, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And you can find me on Twitter at Brian Podcasts. Nothing witty to say. Period. Well, until next time, roll for never tell me the odds. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.
Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. you pee a little? A little bit. It's just a small, constant stream. <laughs> so that way I know where I've been. I can just backtrack. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> I had asparagus earlier. It makes it easier. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>